Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 18. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So as I kind of hinted earlier, I, something tells me that this is probably not our favorite gospel story. It's not the uplifting story of, someone, of someone's healing. Um, no one's getting fed. Jesus is not even yelling at the Pharisees or the Sadducees. This is a story that's purely meant for the disciples, and by extension, for the entire Christian community and for us. And yet, I think we're pretty bad at following these instructions. First of all, I think there's the misinterpretation that seems to be pretty common among conservative and fundamentalist Christian communities. We often hear about that in the context of abuse scandals, for example. It came to light that a member was abusing a child, for example, their leaders or community confronted them. They said, sorry, won't happen again. The internal investigation was closed and they promptly continued the abuse. It came to light again, they apologized again and were forgiven again. And the cycle continues without any true consequences. These communities try to follow Jesus' instructions, but they fail to take the last step. I think we in the mainstream Christian communities also have our troubles with this text, though, in that we often try to avoid getting into this process at all. And here's what I mean by that. Most of the time, I think most of us know, possibly subconsciously, but I think we know that someone whose words or actions hurt us didn't actually mean to hurt us. So in order to keep the peace, especially in our congregations that are supposed to work on the basis of love and forbearance and kindness, we don't tell them that they hurt us or ask why they, they did or say, said something. Only for many of us, it's difficult to put aside that hurt that we still carry with us 
because we haven't gotten an apology or an explanation. So it festers. That creates tension and conflict that's not necessarily visible from the surface, but you can feel it. Sometimes it explodes and then we can deal with it openly, but too often we tell a few other people that support us, but not the person that we actually have conflict with. And so what we end up with are small, tight-knit group of people that carry a dislike or even resentment for other individuals or groups of people. And working together in the context of a congregation becomes more and more difficult. Resentment like that can force congregations to split or even to close. So I actually think that it's important and fitting that we have this text today, and here's why. This next week, Pastor Luther returns to work here at Holy Trinity. Next Sunday, he will worship with you again, and then in just a few weeks, you get to install him as your new pastor. I know you already know him and have worked with him for a good year now, if I looked at the YouTube videos correctly, but installing a pastor is a huge and joyful and exciting step in your work and your journey together. And I think now that you have decided to minister together in the long term, this instruction that Jesus gives us, or gives his friends and then us, becomes crucial for Holy Trinity. Unfortunately, I kind of speak from experience here. Um, my first call ended in January, after less than two, two years, for several reasons. But in large part, I think, because we didn't openly talk with each other. Resentment grew, and it was palpable, you could feel it, but neither I nor the congregation really understood what we were doing wrong or how to fix it. In the end, I burned out, our relationship broke down, and we had to part ways. And I can't really put into words how painful that was, both for me and for the congregation. Of course, Pastor Luther is highly experienced, and you already know him well. But especially since you come from two different denominations, Episcopal and Lutheran, that are very similar in a lot of ways, that have a lot in common, but are still different, there's a good likelihood that you will say or do things that he doesn't appreciate or understand, and he will say or do things that confuse or even hurt you. And when that happens, because it's not necessarily a question of if, it's a question of when. When that happens, I pray that you will remember these verses. It's not easy, and it actually often feels extremely vulnerable to share with someone that they have hurt you and to ask for an explanation or an apology. And it's uncomfortable to hear from someone else that you have hurt them. But you and Pastor Luther deserve a long and fruitful and energizing tenure of ministry together. And the only way to really ensure that is by being willing to be vulnerable and uncomfortable and open with each other. 
I think it's significant that in the middle of healings and theological teachings and other interactions where Jesus points toward the kingdom of God, Jesus would stop to offer us basic instructions to create true harmony and understanding in our communities. He knows that being human and living next to other people means that inevitably different personalities or approaches to life will create conflict. But that conflict is no reason to splinter into smaller and smaller communities until we end up on our own. Instead, that conflict is an opportunity for us to all learn from each other and to grow together. That includes all ages, all genders, all skin colors, abilities, and any other characteristic that could divide us. Jesus wants us to live in community because he knows that that's the only place where we can really ensure that everybody's needs are met. In community, we can ensure that everyone is fed. In community, we can ensure that everyone is housed and clothed and that everyone has visitors and people checking up on them and that everyone knows that people care about them. That doesn't work in isolation. And Jesus offers to be with us even in the hard times of conflict to help us understand each other, heal, and strengthen our bonds in this community. So it's my prayer this week when Pastor Luther returns in October, then after his installation, and in the coming months and in the coming years, as you minister together, that you will remember this. Conflict and misunderstandings are normal because we're human. Jesus knows that and has given us ways to understand and to heal each other. And wherever we are together, in love and appreciation or in pain and conflict, Jesus specifically says that he is there with us to encourage us and to help us. I pray that you will remember this as you minister together. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved. <laughs>